1: hello
2: i'm dave berry and i am fascinated by my next door neighbor his name is neil srinivasan and he's a leading cardiologist now whether it's been taking the kids to the local park or having a glass of wine or two i've always been left with more questions about his profession than i've had answers and in the doctor next door i'll be asking neil the burning questions that keep me up at night dissecting medical myths under his watchful eye and doing my utmost to learn more about an industry that is quite literally a matter of life and death. But this podcast isn't just here to feed my curiosity. Oh no, we want you to be involved as well. Let Neil be your doctor next door. So if you have any questions, stories or comments, send them to doctor at nextdoorpod.com right now. Ah, that must be the doctor now. Hello, Neil. Hi, David.
3: Good how, to be back. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I could, I'd love a glass of wine. <laughs>
2: Not this time, young man. Um, doctor, I just want to say that something awkward happened the other day. I left my house. Yeah. I was going to the supermarket to purchase mm-hmm. some supplies yeah. for myself and my daughter. Yeah. And uh, as I turned the corner, minding my own business, walking down the road, the sun glaring in my eyes, I could see two shadowy figures approaching silhouetted by the sunlight
3: sounds dangerous on our street
2: yeah as I got closer, it was the ultimate danger, because it was you and Brooklyn Dan. Oh, yeah. With the boys. With the boys. You've been out.
3: We've been out. Sorry, I didn't Stop invite Stop repeating you. what I'm saying. Exactly. This, is,
2: this isn't an apology. <laughs> repeating back to what I've just said does oh. not warn us an apology. Oh, sorry. I forgot to text you. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> what? Is he not left yet? I thought he was going. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, well, we do have to tell the
2: audience some really
3: sad news, actually.
2: I've just broken it to America. Yeah,
3: You're going We are it. coming to the end of Brooklyn's time in London, actually. So we are having some farewell times together. We went to the park actually with the kids and had yeah. a couple oh, of. I should point out the kids were there. It Talked just about old days,
2: <laughs> sang a bit of Barbara Streisand. You know how it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, and then I would message you saying, "Oh, was that awkward with Brooklyn Dan?" Because you know, let's let, oh, let's be serious for a moment, shall we? Brooklyn Dan is a is a nice enough man, and it's only because I have this burning jealousy inside me for from, yeah. from my doctor next door that I hate him being up in your grill with all his <laughs> sourdough and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, he, deep down, he's a nice guy. He's a lovely guy. Um, and he likes I, you. Well, thank you. I've got. Yes, he heard the podcast. Yeah, has he's has listened he? in. Yeah,
3: he's tuned in and he loves it
2: absolutely. <laughs> because I, oh, now that, was so that makes things really in fact, awkward. <laughs> you
3: want to know something really funny? The sourdough episode. The day yeah. after the sourdough episode, he knocked on the door with a big loaf of sourdough.
2: I wasn't kind to him on that episode, Neil. You were. He what? thought
3: it was funny. He thought it was
2: great. He said, "Thank yeah. you for immortalising me." Producer Bench had to stand up with the butt-clenching awkwardness of this. <laughs> the realization: this is meant to be just a little thing we do around the kitchen table. To yeah. think, to think, so many now listen, yeah, and subscribe. Exactly. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you. I'm Ex- going away with him next week, actually. Except, what? Yeah. Where are you going? We're going
3: to Copenhagen. What's to Julie's yeah. hometown? Yeah, with Brooklyn. And me. You're going oh, sorry, to your I, wife's I, I, place of birth you. with Brooklyn
2: Dan? Yeah. So he's like getting the origin story treatment now. Absolutely now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's he leaving? <laughs> After that. Good. That's, that's the farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, I have a quick question for you this week and it's based on a face staring back at me from a mirror. A face I barely recognised even though it was that of my own because, <laughs> bear with me, Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Because um, after we spent so long talking about yawning on the last episode of the podcast, I couldn't stop yawning. Hours and hours of just yawning. So I had to go to the sink and splash some water on my face. And yeah. when I looked up at the mirror, I just it was me, but very dark circled. Under my eyes, yeah. like a panda. Oh, I see them now, yeah. I yeah, th- yeah. Thank you. Um, so I want to know, what causes bags and dark circles under the eyes? It's and not- ultimately, what can we all do to cure them? So,
3: so you must have been tired, David. You were yawning and also with the dark circles around the eyes and things. It's often a sign of tiredness. The clinical term is called periorbital hyperpigmentation. So- yeah, I think we
2: all know that, Neil. Yeah. LAUGHTER
3: and actually, it's it, it's it's not a serious condition. Obviously, it's cosmetic, and therefore, we don't really have much research about it. Dermatologists haven't, you know, invested much in the way of learning and trying to understand why it happens. But as we get older, the tissue around our eyes, which is very soft and very sensitive, as well as the muscles
2: around there, become weaker. So the skin around there becomes weaker. I'm not liking any of what I'm hearing so far. <laughs> exactly. There's no cure. Getting older. Yeah. These are all bad things to say it in my company. David. <laughs> yeah.
3: the mu- so the muscles become weak. And then there's fat. So there's fat around there, which supports your eyes. And as you become older, those areas of fat become puffy they sort of start to sink and fluid accumulates below your eyes and that's why you get those sort of bags around there. The causes in terms of, you know, most commonly actually genetics. So if you look at your parents, I mean, my parents actually have a lot of, lot of dark circles around their eyes and things as they get older. It's a genetic thing, it's a family thing. Um, there can occasionally be things like allergies and certain medical conditions, particularly, you know, um, skin conditions, thyroid conditions and kidney conditions that can cause it. But for the majority of people, it's it's tiredness, it's a lack of sleep. And as we get older, that this happens. Um, and it's not serious,
2: it's not something to worry about, but it's obviously cosmetic. So the kidney thing, could it be linked to, like, having a big weekend, then you get the kind of bags under your eyes, the dark circles, because you've consumed alcohol? Does that, not is that so a Not so much, but
3: that does cause a lot of fluid shifts, which may make you dehydrated, and which may well certainly cause, you know, some damage to the skin around there, and also you'll be, you know, very tired after a big weekend, lack of sleep and so on. So again, the area of tissue which is very sensitive is very prone to being hit by that.
2: So... I mean, what can I do? What can one do to to not, rid themselves? Not
3: much you can do. Um, oh. Making sure that you are not smoking, making sure that you're getting plenty of rest and sleep. Okay. You can apply a cool compress to the area, so certainly cooling the area with, with you know a cooling mask or um, some people use cucumber from the fridge or freezer, those so kind that, of things. So that works? That, that actually helps, yeah. Okay. Um, And and they can sort of help that kind of puffiness. And occasionally, uh, if you're really worried about it cosmetically, some people do undergo surgery for
2: that um, as an option to remove the excess skin and treat that. Now, this might be slightly bizarre from where you're sitting, Neil, but I'm going to go to my fridge now and just cut myself a couple of bits of cucumber. Okay, you can wear them for the rest of the podcast. I will! (laughs) and so we arrive at that time of the pod again yes it is time for my medical training as always i know you love playing along where you are we have three questions delivered to us by dr neil the answers are revealed but not before we get to embarrass ourselves or leave here today feeling we are one step closer to becoming doctors take it away neil
3: so again dave Our favourite bit of the show, and certainly yours. And you did really well last week, I thought. Thank you. We've got a set of three questions as usual this week. And so your first question is... Capillary refill time refers to the amount of time it takes what to happen. Capillary refill time. And it's a best of three this time. So, A, is it one of your heart's ventricles to fill with blood following a contraction, B, colour to return to the nails after they have been pinched, or C, the bladder to fill up after emptying.
2: Oh, I've got my answer. OK, question
3: two. Antiemetics are drugs that prevent or reduce which symptoms? Antiemetics. Is it A, the spread of infection, B, B, Fainting or C, nausea and vomiting. So, antiemetics are a drug that prevent or reduce which symptoms? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then your favourite bit, question three true or false? Holding in a
2: sneeze is bad for you. True or
3: false?
0: Oh.
2: I once penned a short story about someone trying to do that whilst I was at school. <laughs> I should have been doing chemistry at the time. Which tells you everything you need to know. Um, and that his brains came out of his ears. Interesting. Uh, but interesting what you were thinking about in chemistry lesson. <laughs> what was happening there? Yeah. I'll tell you what happened at the end. A bunsen burner. A GCSE D. That's what happened oh, okay. at the end, right, I Uh Right. Okay. I've got my three answers. I hope you have where you are because just moments from now we're going to discover whether we are right or wrong. And in the meantime, well, here's another podcast from the wonderful producer of The Doctor Next Door that we think is going to be right up
1: your street. Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and if you don't already know, I'm now a fully-fledged podcaster. My show is called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. I've spoken to Lorraine Kelly about the letter she would send to celebrate her favourite teacher, Vicki Patterson about the letter she would send to her best friend who passed away, and Fee Glover talked to me about how much she loves Taylor Swift. The conversations are a celebration of people we love, and so we often find ourselves in tears of joy and sadness as guests share the letters of appreciation they wish they could send. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching for Jess Phillips wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy my podcast soon.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
2: plushcare.com slash Hello and welcome back to Doctor Next Door. Before the break Dr Neil asked me three questions to test my medical knowledge and it's time to find out how well I did Neil put us out of our misery
3: Okay so your first question was capillary refill time refers to the amount of time it takes for what to happen? Was it A, one of your heart's ventricles to fill with blood following a contraction? B, the colour to return to the nails after they have been pinched? Or C, the bladder to fill up after emptying?
2: I've gone for A. I've gone for the heart, the capillary. That's not a good face. Oh, no, what is it?
3: David, no, it's B. The capillary. nails thing? Yeah, the nails thing. Capillary. The colour to return in the nails after they've been pinched.
2: Oh because uh, cap- they kind of go uh, translucent a little bit, yeah, don't they?
3: so when you pinch your nail you 'll see it goes white, yeah. and then when you let go, it goes red again, right, yeah at the end, where your nails are on your fingers are where basically the blood vessels meet the so capillaries are where the exchange of oxygen and things in the blood occur they 're like a filter or a sieve, yeah. so the arteries they carry the full oxygenated blood from the from the heart around the body they end in a capillary everywhere around the body. The capillary is like a mesh network. Ah. And in that capillary, stuff diffuses, oxygen, etc., gets given to the tissues. And then it swaps over to become... They're almost holding hands together, so it's like your fingers all touching each other. And it swaps over to become the venous side, where the used blood then goes back to the heart. So it's right at the end. And so when you press and let go, that refill time is a measure of your circulation and your perfusion, particularly to your fingers. Ah, So let's say you were unwell for some reason, your blood pressure was low, you were septic or you had a heart failure, for instance, and you press that. It would take a long time for those capillaries to refill because the pressure was, you know, very low in that area. But it can also sometimes happen when you're cold, because when you're cold, and we talked about before, you know, going out and frostbite and those kind of things, those blood vessels will shut off. They'll turn very, very, you know, squeeze and cold um, in, in the end of your finger. So when you press, you'll have a very long capillary refill time.
2: Okay. That whilst that's fascinating, it's not a point on the board for no, me. No, so not.
3: Okay. I thought you were going to get that. You were doing so well. Thanks, mate. Okay. Question two. Antiemetics are drugs that prevent or reduce which symptoms? Is it A, the spread of infection, B, fainting, or C, nausea and vomiting?
2: I've gone for C, nausea and vomiting. Amazing. Oh, oh, yes. He's back. you still got it. Good work, David. you still got it. Still flying through medical school. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what my... There was an element of logic to that. I think it was eliminating the first two. Or maybe I've heard it somewhere before. Have we talked about it before here? I'm not sure we no, have. Okay.
3: No, OK. Tell A- me more. anti is obviously stopping and emetics is, you know, vomiting, feeling sick. Ah, yes. Um, so anti-emetics and it, it, they're drugs used for, you know, if you're feeling unwell and you've been vomiting, they can give you that. Sometimes you you have, you know, chemotherapy and those kind of things or um, other medications which make you sick. So often you'll use an amp- anti-emetic for that, okay. but also commonly things like, you know, motion sickness um, when you're in the car and feeling unwell and sick.
2: Okay, so I got a point there, which yeah. is nice. So Very I'm good. on for two out of three so again now, this week. Now okay. you're
3: in for your fifty fifty, your favorite bit, question three, true or false? Holding in a sneeze is bad for you. True or false? Think back to your chemistry experiences. And yeah, it.
2: when I was writing a short story about a boy's brains coming out of his ears. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's like I don't think anything like that's going to happen. But I'm going to say it is true to holding a sneeze. I think you let nature take its course in this respect and let it out. You but are, into a hanky.
3: You're absolutely right. Two yes, out of three this week. Yes, well done. Yes, yes. So your body, when you're sneezing, your nose is irritated. There's clearly some irritant inside the nose. It's a way of designed to get rid of those irritants, be they viruses, colds or dust, etc. So you should try not to hold that in. It's a natural reflex, as you rightly said. And you're trying to push the air out, but more importantly, relating to your excellent chemistry experiment in your mind, (laughs) Einstein-esque, um thought experiments <laughs> you, Einstein-esque
2: is yeah. something I never ever thought I'd that, be referred n- no to no school teacher ever said that today <laughs> no. David Perry no I've been waiting a school. long time to be called <laughs> Einstein-esque let me tell you Neil um, Okay, never so never written on your report on. <laughs>
3: no um, go, so on, go ahead the other thing is if you think about it when you sneeze you're propelling air really fast yeah, and it, actually the air estimated speed is about 100 miles an hour So the air is coming out really fast. And if you're going to hold that sneeze in, you're going to build up pressure inside your airways. It will transmit towards your brain. Obviously, it won't make your brain explode like your experiment, but can cause popping in the ears, can cause popping around the sinuses, and can be harmful. So I think it's important to not avoid sneezing if you can.
2: In each episode of Doctor Next Door, I bring a burning question to Doctor Neil. And this week, it's a question that I'm hoping will quench (laughs) my thirst for knowledge. (laughs) And we're about to discover why that was very funny. Doctor, can you drink too much water? Great question. Thank you. You can drink too much water.
3: Right. But actually, I would say that most of us don't drink enough water in our normal day. Water is a really important part of our nutrition and part of our daily life. About two thirds of your body is water and it carries all the nutrients in your body around the body and around the blood. It carries all the waste products away in your urine and it regulates our body in terms of temperature. And we've talked before about you know our joints and the, the synovial fluid between them. There's water in there and water plays a really huge and important role in all of the chemical reactions that happen inside of all of us. And in, you know, almost all living mammals need water. We are constantly losing water throughout the day. You know, you wake up, you go and do that show, you're talking all the time. Through your breath, you're constantly losing water you're sweating, we urinate, etc. We always um, are losing water and therefore it's a really fine, crucial balance between the right amount of water and being dehydrated. And also certain conditions, it's about where you live. So it's a hot summer's day today, or a hot spring day at least. And certainly... You know, in warmer days, you're going to sweat more, you're going to lose more water. So it's vitally important that you drink the right amount, but not too much, as we'll come to
2: a bit later on. Um, What are the signs of dehydration? When, When should you be looking to just get yourself a cup of water? So the first sign, I think, of dehydration is thirst.
3: Your body is really well regulated, very tightly regulated. And so you will start to feel thirsty as soon as you you are starting to get dehydrated. The other thing that's quite useful to look at is your actual urine. So how much are you peeing? Is it large volumes or small volumes? So if you're you're actually peeing small volumes, your body is telling you it's trying to conserve water. It's trying to conserve water through the kidneys and therefore you're starting to get dehydrated. You're not drinking enough. The colour of the urine also is quite important. So if you drink, you know, lots of water, you'll notice that your urine is lovely and clear and you've got large volumes of urine. If you are dehydrated or not drinking very much water through the day, you'll notice that your urine starts to get a darker yellow colour, maybe start to sort of smell more stronger. And that's again a sign that you are not drinking enough water.
2: You do, is it true that you don't want to have clear, see-through urine? You want to have some kind of colouring in there? You want some colour. It, if it's, if it's totally clear and see-through, th- then that's a good thing to do. Clear urine
3: be. is good for you. Okay. I think clear urine is, is a good sign. It shows that your kidneys are working, that you're drinking plenty. Um, And as long as you're having clear urine but not peeing lots of times a day, you know, inappropriate in response to how much you've been drinking, because that can sometimes hint at some kind of medical conditions, things like diabetes, where you sometimes, you know, end up passing more urine than, than, than you're actually drinking and become dehydrated or certain kidney problems. But if you're, you know, drinking a reasonable amount and you notice actually my urine is clear and I've, you know, not passing urine several times a day in a normal amount, then and I think that's that's a good sign of good health and actually a sign that you're drinking just about the right amount.
2: Well, that leads me on to asking uh, about the kind of two litres water a day thing. I mean, it's, is that akin to eating your five fruit and veg a day? Is it, is it sound medical advice or is it just something that's seeped into society and we all are desperately running around trying to consume our two litres a day? So... so it is.
3: I think it's catchy medical advice. So two litres a day fundamentally came from a lot of public health messaging in the 60s and 70s in the States and also in the UK. And it came from the idea that you should drink eight eight-ounce glasses of water. so a little tumblers, basically, about 250 mils of water eight times a day. And that adds up to about two litres. And if you did that, you're probably drinking just about enough water per day. The amount of water you need actually varies, as we've said, you know, by your size. So, for example, depending on how big you are and how small you are, men on average actually need about 3.7 litres of water a day. Oh, Women, really? about 2.7 litres of water a day. But don't forget, about 20% of that will come from other sources, things like food, fruit, vegetables, juices, other things, right? So it yeah, well, have tea, to be... there's water in your tea Exactly. You cup yeah, of tea, yeah. yeah, And so, okay. so, although you're trying to achieve this sort of, you know, two to three and a half litre sort of range you probably about two two and a half is about right if you think about it because a a 20% or so is going to come from other sources it can be harmful to drink too much water per day so if you're drinking more than let's say four or five litres of water a day and there are certain conditions particularly where people you know psychologically decide or get addicted to drinking lots of water they can be harmful we talk. Well, they,
2: they feel a kind of purify, purification
3: yeah, there's, thing to there's it. that, and all some people that sometimes just get addicted to drinking lots of water. They just get into this habit of drinking lots of water, right. and that can actually be dangerous for you. If you're drinking you know, four, five, six litres of water a day... Can it thin can, your
2: blood? Is that true? It's not so much thinning okay. your blood, but it
3: actually ends <laughs> up having yeah, having okay. a, a reverse effect. So what happens is, we talked previously about a German physician called Henley, who who found this loop. The loop. Yeah, exactly. Well done. That's Thank amazing. You. So the loop loop is this important structure in the kidney it's a u-shaped thing and it it has this clever concept called a sort of sort of counter current and it allows this exchange of um, salts within the kidney so you retain all the important salts if you are drinking too much water you basically flush the gradients out of those that loop you end up being ina- unable to absorb your thoughts properly. Oh, okay. You end up passing off and excreting a lot of the stuff that your kidney should be able to absorb. Oh. And by doing that, in extreme cases, you can actually become low in sodium, something called hyponatremia. And that can be really dangerous; it can result in seizures, some you know mental problems in terms of concentrating, but you know in extreme cases, you can go into a coma or you know be really wow. unwell with it so it's important to regulate it in terms of how much you drink, and I think that sort of guide of let's say about two and a half liters to three liters for women and and about three to three and a half for men is about right also bearing in mind where you are and what you're doing if you're hiking across the sahara you might well need five liters of water a day yeah
2: okay um my question is and i i kind of think i already know the answer but i want to i I, I went through a phase again because of my working hours where i wanted to do the two liters of water Mm -hmm. so i would do them between six AM and ten AM, I would drink my two liters of water. Then, then I'd have a massive wee. Yeah, <laughs> at about half ten. It was lovely and clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you could have gone swimming in it, Neil. Um, and then I wouldn't have any water for the rest of the day. And yeah. it would be, tu- you know, at the time it would be beers and yes. the fun stuff. Yes. Because in my br- brain, two liters, David. Done. Tick. Yeah. I suppose it's about the eight tumblers across the that's course exactly of the day, why. isn't it? Exactly. That's yeah. and exactly I, I, why. I lied that's... to myself about that being yes. the truth.
3: Exactly. And that's yeah. the ha- that's the habit. We've got this habit of, or we've got this culture. You see it on the tube and lots of places, people with bottled water and things. Mm. There's this tendency to do, go, OK, that bottled water's got 500 mils or 1 litre. I'm going to finish that and then I've done my, you know, half of my task is over for the day. And I think that is partly where this, you know, eight times, eight glasses a day comes from. And so you're unlikely to line up eight glasses in one row and one go and sort of down them all. Yeah, what, what kind
2: of idiot would do that?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. OK. So it's, it's, it's important to spread it out. So it's, it, I think it's a good thing, actually, because, you you know, you do morning um, shows and morning works. It's very good to have a, I, I have a big tumbler of, of water first thing in the mm-hmm. morning when I get up. And I think that's a very good habit, flushes through the system and, and, and makes sure that, you know, you're absorbing water, your blood pressure pressure picks up your your kidneys are working etc but uh, i think it's then important to then you know gradually hydrate through the day with small cups every you know every couple of hours.
2: So in conclusion, you can drink too much water, but you need to drink the two liters, which is catchy. As you said, it's just a catchy catchphrase that everyone can remember and recall. And mm-hmm. most people are trying to stick by that. But unlike me, try and pace out the two to three liters throughout the course of the day. Don't just try and nail it all before half past eight a.m. Absolutely,
3: and then get to the pub. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, Doctor Next Door isn't just about myself and Neil. We love it when you get in touch and share your stories and ask your questions. You can do anytime you like. Email us at doctor at nextdoorpod.com or, of course, you can find us on the socials at docnextdoorpod. And here's this week's correspondence It comes from Rebecca in Manchester. Hello there, Rebecca. She says, hi, Dave and Dr. Neil. Love the podcast. I find Dr. Neil's insights into the medical world truly fascinating and he clearly has a passion for it. But I would love to know if he couldn't have pursued a career in medicine, what job does he think he would have ended up doing instead? The same question to you, Dave. And that's from Rebecca. Well, thanks, Rebecca. And that is a very interesting question. Neil, if you'd not been one of the world's leading cardiologists, what would you have been? I think it's a great
3: question from Rebecca thanks for writing in it's brilliant um, there's so many things we've talked about this before
2: and I've always thought can I have a guess what will I do go on well the one thing you talk about the most that I don't understand I understand this less than I understand medicine okay is cricket yeah <laughs>
3: I'd have loved to have been a cricketer. Okay. I'd have loved to open the batting at Lords on a Test match one day.
2: Yeah. Three of those words I understood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you know, you
3: walk out at Lords. Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah, bit I understood. The yeah. The rest of the game you won't get. Yeah. Um,
2: so cricketer and, and
3: cricketer and then I, I sports even person? at one point yeah sports person I'd have loved to have played football I loved playing football when I was younger and I played all around Kent where I grew up and um, played in the local teams we won a lot of trophies were you any
2: good oh pretty good yeah what I position
3: played, did you play I played left back. OK. And I played for the... Left camp- back in
2: the changing rooms, In the changing rooms, yeah. Hey. <laughs>
3: Not right back behind no. the goal, though. There you go. But, uh, yeah, no, I did that. And then uh, uh, I played for the representative team, Kent and so on. And we, we won some trophies and other oh. bits and bobs. It was great. I really enjoyed that. I think the thing I will Hang on, re- I have to ask. Sorry,
2: one. Neil. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. But, um, obviously, um, Rebecca, it says here, she's from Manchester. Okay. I don't know if she's a blue or a red. But would you like to tell everybody I'm which football United team... I'm a Man United fan, I have to man say. Man, sorry,
3: man. Rebecca. You know... London's best Man United fan, like the rest of them.
2: (laughs) Um, So you were going to say, if it wasn't cricket or football, where else? Well, I would have loved to have been a rock and roll star, David. (laughs) That would have been my life dream. Were you in a
3: band? I was, yeah. What did you do in a band? I was the rhythm guitarist. Actually, I started as the bassist. Yeah, and then I realized it, you weren't the, the fa- left back of the band. The left back of the band, exactly. You weren't getting the girls. You weren't getting the attention. I was like, no, I'm not having any of this. And I can sing, by the way. Can so, you? Why, well, no, not really. Why have we never talked about this? We probably have talked about this, but it's been two
2: o'clock in the morning. So yeah.
3: What was your band called? We were called Wayside. Okay. We had an album called Hamshades Lane. Okay. Yeah, Hamshades Lane. We even had a photo. There's a beautiful part of um, Kent on the way to Whitstable from Faversham, where I grew up and there's this load of pylons across the sort of flat farmland looking out to the sea. That was the photo, the cover of Hamshades Lane. Yeah, And Hamshades Lane was yeah, what the... Is ha- where is Hamshades Lane? So Hamshades Lane is a road in Whitstable in Kent where the lead guitarist of the time played. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we wrote some of our own songs. We even cut cigarettes and alcohol on a cassette tape on a four-track recorder, or maybe it was eight-track recorder, at Margate Studios, I mean, Did you really? 30 what, years you, ago. You
2: covered cigarettes and alcohol by a yeah, it was
3: absolutely amazing. My bass playing is, you know, absolutely brilliant.
2: So you, you started <laughs> off Not singing really. a song about yeah. um, consuming cigarettes and alcohol yeah, and, and, and then became a, became a cardiologist. Then <laughs> became <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, my I, band, when I was younger, yeah. um, I, I, I'm so proud. Were you in a band? I was in a band. Oh, wow. And basically, we never recorded any music. We never went as far as you did. And basically, we just used to get together and talk about being in a band. Okay. But we were called <clears throat> Oedipus Wrecked. Ooh yeah that's interesting what kind of you a bit sort of metally then no 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 we were just kind of guitars and oh, right. like everyone was like back everyone everyone was back then. <laughs> exactly. was back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um so rebecca thank you so much for your question namely because i can't believe i haven't asked neil any of this stuff myself mm. um so it would have been cricketer footballer rock star but ended up as a doctor yeah not a bad four not bad exactly um, my thing was um to answer the second part of your question aimed at me rebecca i i wanted to be a video games designer Wow, interesting. I I have none of the skill sets to do that. I was going to say, yeah. And the careers advisor at school pointed out to me, it's like, are you sure you're not getting a video game designer confused with you just like sitting in your room playing on the Super Nintendo? (laughs) And you know what? She was right. She was absolutely right. Um, Thank you very much indeed once again, Rebecca, for your question. And that's it. From this episode of Doctor Next Door, thank you very much indeed to my co-host and next-door neighbour, Dr Neil Srinivasan. Next time, Dr Neil will again be guiding me through the medical world. I'll have another burning question and we'll be answering more of your questions too. Please rate, review and subscribe from wherever you do your pod business. Now, all this talk of water has left me desperate for the loo, so please, all of you. Get out my house. (sighs)